You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Yes, hello, and you're very welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I am, of course, Phil McGrath, joined, as always, by Paul Caffrey. Paul, what is up with it? I am very, very good. Um, had a fun week. I was in Apple's headquarters in London, um, which was a bit of crack. Got to see how they operate. Did get given out to for taking photographs when I shouldn't have been. But hey, I was talking there, so I thought I at least had the right to take a picture of the stage I was going to take. But um, all in all, I'm having a great uh, week. How about you, man? Yeah, can't complain, can't complain. Everything is ticking away nicely. And we had another great guest on the show today. Yes, yeah, we certainly did. Vicky Gould and uh, some of the stuff which uh, comes up in the interview is quite interesting. I mean, we speak about limiting beliefs uh, and I suppose helping people gain confidence to actually take action quite a lot, which is something we kind of tend to take for granted because generally we're kind of uh, in that mold of, well, you know, we're doing a project, we're creating the content, you know, we're moving forward. So let's get I suppose at it. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Let, let's yeah. get up, let's get at it. Yeah, let's get at it. So I suppose if you're kind of in that, state of overwhelm where you haven't started but you've got the idea or whatever this this you know this show could actually um give you actionable advice as to how to uh, you know get at it as you say yeah i mean there's certainly some uh, i was trying to i was picking vicky's brains as we were going through um just looking for kind of actionable nuggets for you guys to be able to take away from the show if you're struggling with some limiting beliefs or you know you just really need to try and figure some stuff out for yourself before you can get going so hopefully you'll find some uh, some bits in here that you can put into practice to get you kind of Get, well, stop spinning your wheels, I suppose, and get, get some traction, get going. But uh, we won't blab on too much, Paul. We'll uh, hand it over to Vicky and uh, we'll chat to you at the end. Yes, so as I said, we have Vicky Gould on the line from VickyGould.com. How the hell are you, Vicky? I am doing great. How are you, Phil? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much for taking the time of your busy day to come and speak with us. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I suppose yeah. before we uh, jump right into it and bring Paul in as well, how are you, Paul? Fantastic. Happy to be here. Looking forward to it. <laughs> um, Vicky, you might just give our audience a bit of background on yourself. So where you started off and what you're up to at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So where I started out, I actually have been like this entrepreneurial spirit ever since I was little. But what happened was I got very ill with chronic Lyme disease. And what that showed me um, in process was but I hadn't done what I had wanted to do in life. I had looked back with lots of regrets. I spent a couple years basically bedbound. And during that process, I realized that squelching myself and doing things for others, never going after my dreams was something that I regretted a lot. It made me a little angry and bitter, I'll say. So what I determined to do after I got better was to create the life I wanted, go after entrepreneurship. Um, and also to help others to do the same, to help them step into who they really knew they were deep down, but for whatever reason, they decided it wasn't allowed or wasn't reasonable or whatever. So I want them to kind of be unrealistic and unreasonable about their dreams and realize that it is really okay to go after your desires and be big and make a big impact in the world and be the real deal. 
Okay, so plenty in there, and we're gonna dig. <laughs> we're gonna dig into some of this. So, I mean, I'm just looking at your site here and everything that yeah. you do, and of course, you've been featured on some plenty of wonderful channels like ABC, NBC, CBS, mm -hmm. Fox, the Huffington Post, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, digging into exactly what you do, Vicky. Obviously, you're breaking yeah. down the uh, barriers of limiting beliefs. I suppose. Um, would that be mm -hmm. correct? Absolutely. Yep. So, I mean, for our audience who are struggling um, with some of those limiting beliefs, when you when you start working with a client straight out of the gate, what are some of the first things or first steps you get them to do in order to kind of open them up to uh, to working with you and being able to move past those beliefs? Yeah, well, the first thing we generally talk about is their desires and their why. Because I think a lot of people have been grown to think that having desires is like selfish, you know, and it's also not humble to be successful or um, share some of the great things that you do. So we work first about on their desires and what they want out of life and kind of breaking through why they believe that they can't have those desires. And a lot of times it's because they don't feel like they're allowed to. You know, I grew up as, you know, the good girl. Um, I'm Asian, so we were really into that whole go to school, go to a good college, get a great job. You know, this was supposed to be the formula for happiness and success. And the formula doesn't work for everybody because it doesn't include what you really want out of life. So... What I found out from me and many of the people that I'm with is we try to go that quicker route. We try to do what we're supposed to and realize that we've, like I said before, squelched our true desires. And when we go after those desires, you know, you're happier, the people around you are happier, your relationships are better, and you're much more prosperous in whatever you decide to do. Well, I'd agree with that there, absolutely. Um so many levels actually I suppose one question would be is it would you is it a conversation piece you would have with potential clients or is it a, an exercise you would have people do uh, I mean what's the first steps to actually mm -hmm. um, you know helping the guys well I do ask people in our discovery sessions what they do want you know and why they want that but in order to dig deeper you know obviously it would have to be a bigger conversation there's Definitely different exercises to do. Um, sometimes we do burning exercises where we write out our stories about, you know, why we don't feel like we deserve it or shouldn't have it or whatever it is. We can write those out and sometimes we literally burn those and release them, let go of them. Excellent. So yeah, get it down. I suppose that you sometimes we need to kind of also define those limiting beliefs because often okay. we kind of just you know, you know, subconsciously accept them and just continue on with the norm. So yeah, going through that piece is, is absolutely massive. Um, uh, following on from that, then what is the next steps? Is it is it a case then uh, of putting together a sort of a plan, uh, or or what comes after that? Yeah, after the desires is really talking about your why. Um, why do you want to do this? A lot of people will say, you know, so I don't have to work in my soul-sucking nine-to-five or because I want to provide more for my family. But as you ask a couple more times, you know, the first why is kind of more superficial. And as you ask again, okay, well, why do you want that? Why do you want that? They get a little deeper with, you know, I just want to have the freedom to call my own shots. 
I want to be able to have experiences with my family. I want to have more time to experience life. You know, and when you get to those whys, I think is very important because then when you have those moments of struggle and you have those moments that are more difficult for you, you can pull out that why and go back to it and say, okay, this is what I'm doing it for. And that helps you get back on track and it helps you give the the motivation to go on rather than to give up. So we did a little bit into that why. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I think that's something I remember doing um, a sort of exercise with on one of Michael Hyatt's courses a couple of years ago. And um, he also really focused on find your why because that's what gets you through the inevitable tough times. Let's face yep. it, you're going to have those days, like maybe sometimes even a couple of weeks where things are just seems like they're against you. So that that's cool. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to jump off topic, but I have noticed that you're you're doing a lot of stuff um, on LinkedIn, and you'd be publishing on on that platform a lot. Um, how have you how have you found that the responses to be uh, with the articles you share uh, on LinkedIn? Um, you know, it's interesting that you say a lot. <laughs> it's probably not the main platform that I go to, um, but it seems to me that when I publish things on LinkedIn it can trail in like people commenting like weeks later. So um, the response has been decent. I get better response on Facebook because that's kind of where I live all the time. And then I share my LinkedIn over to Twitter as well. Okay, cool. Um, and I suppose that look that makes uh, makes a bit of sense. So you kind of have your LinkedIn and Twitter, um, mm-hmm. and then on your your Facebook side of things, do you yeah. like to try to keep that private, or do you, I mean, is there any uh, what sort of content would you put out on on your Facebook feed? Um, well, my Facebook, it, it's mostly value. I want to show people um, actionable things and things that are they can use. I don't tend to do quotes too often because while that's inspiring, it doesn't really help you do anything, I think. Um, so I like to give client examples or give stories because I'm, I am really all about stories. If you look on my website, it says story marketing. And I think stories is what connects us with everybody. You know, when you're vulnerable and you share your struggles and you share being raw, that's when people really get to know you realize that you're an expert and know that you have overcome something. So I try my best to share stories on Facebook, get people engaged, and also share valuable tips that they can go and do something with right away. I really like that. I mean, the power of a story is something we can all relate to. And certainly for many of our listeners, it's something that they probably struggle with to a certain extent. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. is there any tips and practical advice you can give them in terms of crafting a story that can help them get their message across? Yeah, actually on my website, there's a five-day story challenge that I help people craft their stories because that's how I got on Huffington Post first was by sharing my story about my struggles and about having regrets and things like that. Um, So what I tell people is, you know, everybody loves a comeback story, right? So when you're telling stories, make sure that you're being as vulnerable as possible. I know some stories are a little more touchy than others, but the vulnerability is what makes your story universal. It doesn't have to be the same exact situation. So if you have a story that's kind of sad, somebody's going to think about a time that they were sad. It doesn't have to be the same situation. So when you do 
your story, there are different components in it. You know, you will have the um, the heroine, you know, or the hero, which is you, right? This is you in the story. You're going to have some sort of struggle. You're going to go through a search to find that struggle. But the pit is really the point where everybody starts to get more engaged with your story. The pit is where you're struggling really bad. You're thinking about giving up. You don't know where to, what to do or where to turn, but then something happens and the light turns on and you go searching and you know, you really, really try harder. And then you find that breakthrough moment and that's kind of like the, yay, you know, we, we did it. And through that, it shows actually a lot of expertise and credibility. Um, you know, in coaching, People don't really ask you what your credentials are. They just want to know that you can deliver the results. How do they know that you can deliver the results? Because of your struggles and because of what you've overcome. So I think that's the most important thing is showing that pit moment and then that breakthrough. I mean, that, that certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, you really want to give people a clear indication, insight into what's gotten you to where you are in order for them to be able to resonate with you and move forward, hoping that obviously you can help move them forward at the same time. So, I mean, I'd just like to switch back to the limiting beliefs, if you don't yeah. mind. I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for quite some time. And I'm just curious, and probably just my own curiosity more than anything, but what are some of the major limiting beliefs that are the more common ones that you've come across over the years that you think, you know, they, yes. are, they are real to a point, but they're all too common that it yeah. seems to be a trend amongst people of a certain age or, you know, location yeah. or whatever it might be? Yeah. The common one is I'm not enough, which translates into I don't deserve it and I'm not worthy and I don't have value. But it all comes under the umbrella of I'm not enough. And I mean, how, how do you, I mean, that's, okay, I'll be brutally honest. It's not something I've struggled with. So, <laughs> um, and I'm very modest, <laughs> but I mean, in term in terms of, of, uh, obviously coaching a client who has those beliefs, how do you really manage to change that mindset? I mean, if that's something that's ingrained in them, maybe from an early age, how do you really break that down and, and kind of show them, but yes, it's real. But at the same time, we can move past it. Yeah. Well, you know, coaching is about helping people realize the answers within themselves. And I truly believe that everybody has those answers in them. And I facilitate their bringing those to surface or bringing them out. So the idea that they're not enough a lot of times has come from either parents, friends, you know, uh, teachers who've said things to them. It's amazing how many people have had you know, one comment to them said back when they were eight years old that just has been this underlying thing with them the rest of their lives. And when they realize that sometimes, you know, through talking it out, oh my gosh, it came from way back then. So I think that the whole thing is about digging deep, about having them realize what things um, in their mind is holding them back, seeing if it's really true for them. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Byron Katie and her work. It's called The Works, actually. You know, and we use that sometimes where you have your limiting belief. You ask if it's true. If it's really, really true, like 100% of the time true, what your life would be like if that belief didn't exist in your head anymore and how you could turn it around in your life. So that's one that we work with it. 
Yeah, I like that because, I mean, there's two schools of, of thought with it really, you know. Um, there's probably, you know, the school which is maybe more for Phil where he's like, well, I'm too much. That's, what are you talking about? I don't understand where it's, where it's not an issue. <laughs> um, and then there's kind of, you know, the, you know, the second piece, which is where, you know, people are suffering with it, but they think, oh, it's something I can't address. I, I can't do anything with it. And I suppose these are, these are the people we're looking at, you know, trying to help. And I guess, you know, acknowledging something head on, uh, and actually then I mean that's the first step to actually taking action uh, and I mean we had Katie Corcoran on episode 26 uh, of the podcast and um, she just outlined uh, how in a, a casual conversation she was told by a friend's mother that she would never write a book uh, and yeah. I suppose it perfectly fits the narrative you just described because um, she went on to explain that she spent a, a couple of years uh, with that in the back of her mind uh, and then was kind of creating reasons as to why she wouldn't she said she'd wait till a certain age she said she, you know she was too busy um, but then she actually bit the bullet went out and did it and you know she's been very very successful off the back of that so um, yeah. you know I guess acknowledging it addressing it and actually going on to take some action um, is really really fundamental uh, and I suppose if anybody can take anything away um, it is you know take some action you know, uh, and a burning session absolutely sounds quite entertaining as well and can be quite liberating, I'd imagine, too. Yeah. Um, well, just to jump in there, Paul, I mean, is, I yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, it's about recognizing that absolutely the first step to, with anything is to recognize the problem head on and attack it. So, I mean, Vicky, in terms of actionable steps that our audience could perhaps have then once they've recognized their problem, what what actions would you give them next? in terms of moving forward? I actually enjoy doing um, a lot of journaling to write it out only because, again, it's one of those things where on the surface you think it may be one thing. And then as you journal and you free flow and you don't like, do not censor when you're journaling, you know, you can't say, Oh, that's not right. Or that just keep writing and writing and writing and writing. Um, and as you do that, I think you come to realize that that was connected to this, which was connected to this, which was connected to this. And all of a sudden you're writing and you go, oh my gosh, it's because blank, you know? And yeah. for an example, I had always thought that my issues with my mother was what was my problem. And as I journaled and journaled and journaled and journaled, I one day went, oh my gosh, I'm actually mad at my dad for not helping out with my mother you know and it was this, this realization that I had never thought of before and I had always just thought you know my dad's always been supportive he's always been there for me he's always been the kind gentle guy and then I realized that it was connected with my other things and I needed to do some work in forgiving my father not just my mother but my father and it never occurred to me before that. Uh, I, 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 I like I see where you're going with that, and it's quite interesting. And I, I went through um, a period of journaling and, I suppose, diarizing uh, events. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of something I've done on and off over the last kind of two, three years. And one of the things that kind of jumped out with me was I kind of found that I'd go through this really you know, productive stage where I'd be doing loads of activities. I'd be getting a lot done. Uh, and then I just, I'd fall into a lull uh, and I kind of would kind of stop getting stuff done and probably my mood wouldn't be as good as, as it could be. Uh, and I remember I took the idea of diarising from the one thing, uh, Jay Papaspian, a, a 
um, a book I'd read a couple of years back. Um, and what he kind of said was, you know, diorize, do all that good stuff, uh, but then, you know, don't look at it until maybe three months later. So then actually review it as a collective and then you can actually take away, you know, what uh-huh. was the, the common thread, the thread. Uh, and as such, what I suppose what I found for me was that when I'm eating a little bit healthier and I'm in a flow of going to the gym, that yeah. everything else for me works out to be a lot better. And I know that's a very obvious thing that everyone can kind of say, yeah, well, come on, that's common sense. Uh, but having said that, I what the, I suppose the, the moment for me was I didn't realize that well, actually, not eating healthy and not going to the gym negatively affects me. It doesn't. I don't just stay on an even plateau. It goes negative. Mm-hmm. It gets worse. So, um, journaling and diarizing things is absolutely a great way to do it. And I suppose the way I did it was I used a um, a OneNote, basically an online notebook from Microsoft, which it just meant mm-hmm. I could do it wherever I was. I might have a few minutes. I might just start tapping away on the phone. So it doesn't always have yeah. to be a pen and a paper or whatever else. Right. It, it can literally be typing your thoughts into a smartphone. Yeah. Um, so no, I like that. So I mean, look, that's something that people can absolutely look at. So you know, diarize and, and then set a time to review, and mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you'll find that the you know you the outcome probably will not be as what you expect. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you're talking about typing because I have found, and I can type without looking at the keyboard. So this idea doesn't really help people who have to hunt and peck with their keyboard, but. Um, I have noticed that I do much better with thinking through things or being a little more intuitive about things when I close my eyes. Um, So when I'm really trying to feel into, let's say, a coaching session or feel into something I need help with, I actually close my eyes, which makes it very hard to journal with your eyes closed. (laughs) So, So I can type on the computer with my eyes closed, and that is how I do my journaling on the computer um, when I feel like I need to be a little more intuitive. And I don't know if anybody else, I could be the only person in the world who does that. I'd say you're definitely I, one of the, the few who has the uh, <laughs> skills to do that, although I will be tempted to give it a blast afterwards. Just to see. <laughs> I was just about to pipe up and say, I'm gonna, I can type as well, I can touch type, I don't need to look at the screen. Um, or I don't need to look at the keyboard, should I say. I yeah. look at the screen, um, and it's normally fairly accurate. So I'll be interested to see how I get on with eyes closed. How long could you keep yeah. going? That is the question. That is the question. I mean, I suppose moving on then, Vicky, we, we've figured out maybe we've had our aha moment with our with our journaling, and we've kind of realized where uh-huh. the, the deep seed of that limiting belief lay. Um, once you've recognized it and you know what it is, are there, is there anything we can do after that to help us push forward? So maybe it was perhaps something like um, like episode 26 where um, my, her name escapes me, Paul. Katie, Katie Corcoran. Katie, thank you. Completely out of my mind. Katie, um, yes. Katie was saying where it was uh, a friend's mom who told her, you know, you'll. she said she wanted to write a book and her mom said, oh, well, you'll never write a book. So, I mean, maybe that's where something along those lines where it's something that's been said to you rather than maybe some issues you need to work out with about parents and stuff like that. Is there any actionable yeah. steps we can take? Uh, against something that somebody said to us is that what you mean yeah sorry long-winded way of asking the question but yeah i mean if if it transpires that that limiting belief is based on kind of a mm-hmm. false fact yeah yeah what, you know I, I i tend to go back to um byron katie's the works for that one where you think about is that comment really true like is that comment 100 percent true all the time does that truly describe you 
why are you reliving this story and this comment in your head? And how would your life be without that belief? And when people realize what their life could be without that belief, they get rid of that belief and go beyond those limits because they realize that it's not true. And what's interesting is many people, I shouldn't say many people, I'm gonna, it was two people, <laughs> but in my head, you know, when you repeat things over again in your head, it becomes not one or two people, it becomes a hundred people have said blank to you, right? But two people had said to me at one time, you're not very intuitive. You need to let the feminine intuitive flow side of you out. You're too masculine because I tend to know a lot of processes on how to do things. I actually have an actuarial math degree, but I'm also an artist. So I like to say I use both sides of my brain. But yeah, people, <laughs> yeah, so people have said to me, you're not intuitive. Granted, it was two people, but that stopped me for a while from thinking that I could be a good mindset coach. And I wanted desperately to be a mindset coach. This was where my passion lay, and I was afraid to let that desire come out and let the world know that that was my desire because two people had said to me, you can't do this. You don't have flow. The ironic thing is now if you look at my testimonials on my website, multiple ones say she allowed me to create a flow in my business, in my life, where things flow better now. And it's interesting that that word flow comes up when people write. I don't tell them what to write about me, um, but it's interesting that that's what comes up. And just an example of what somebody says that you repeat in your head and say that it, that you can't do, and then you realize by asking yourself, is this really true, that it's not true? And when you realize that it's not really true, that nobody else can define you except you, that you can get past that belief. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I mean, when you when you when you look at the testimonials and you can obviously you know better than i do speaking to the people and the, the limiting beliefs that they have and the kind of the baggage that they carry around it's amazing uh -huh. how something very simple uh -huh. um just a, sh a slight shift it's not even a massive kind of it's not even like paul's well you need to start eating right you need to start going to the gym it's not a whole lot of actionable it's more sitting thinking and really kind of digging deep in how something seemingly so simple can have such a big shift in what it can do for the rest of your life and it's you know it, it's something that i think a lot of people really really struggle with that they just don't allow themselves to get to that place and that's that's the, where the problem lies yeah yeah i like that i think uh, actually like instilling belief is is uh is always something which is massive i'm probably quite fortunate now but like my mother now she would be a really you know, really positive and always be kind of saying like you can do that you can go on and do it and sometimes like um some people even would make a joke so for example you know paul's gonna go be a singer you know and look phil would know and a lot of my friends would i'm not a singer i'll probably never go to be no but she would say no you could go, you could go and be a singer and then she's like well, what would you have to do you get some singing lessons you know you could get to a level you could learn a couple of songs in your range and then it's like well, actually, yeah, I could get to a point where I could hold a tune and such. So it's it's kind of having that attitude and then just breaking it down and starting things off and, mm -hmm. and, and working towards it. Now, look, I'd never be the best singer in the world, but, you know, if you could maybe hold a tune in karaoke, that could be enough. Now, <laughs> having said all that, 
Um, a limiting belief for a lot of people is that they will never be published, that they will never be, I suppose, mm -hmm. an Amazon bestseller. They'd never write a book as such. I, I suppose mm -hmm. even as we spoke about uh, Katie Corcoran earlier on. Um, I believe you're doing a project uh, at the moment, Vicky, to try help people with this. Yeah, I am actually. You know, people tell me a lot of times that they've been told that they should write a book or they feel like there's a book inside of them, or they feel like they have a story that they want to share with the world, but they don't know how to go about it. And they think, I have to be a perfect writer, I've got to have perfect grammar, and then, then comes the, I don't know how to promote this. If I write a book, it may just sit there and nobody's ever going to see it. And part of the whole purpose is that you want to spread that message, because that's part of your mission, to the rest of the world. And then they sit there and they go, okay, I give up. I don't know how to do this, so I'm just not going to do it. And they put it off, you know, for many years. And what I want to do is help um, people to get that message out, but in an easier and faster way. So I have a book project right now for women entrepreneurs to participate in. And the title is called For a Better Life. And this was actually created through an idea of my own because I'm a first-generation Taiwanese-American. And there was melding of cultures and ideas and things that I had to work through in order to become a successful entrepreneur. And I want other women entrepreneurs to be able to share their stories of the same thing. And it's not necessarily like I make a hundred thousand, three hundred, five hundred thousand, or a million dollars per year in my entrepreneurship, but more of a I am successful because I have broken past some of these limiting beliefs that we've been talking about. And I'm going after my dreams and I'm doing something worthwhile and I'm living the life that I want on my terms, on my rules. And that's what I consider the successful woman entrepreneur. It doesn't have like some quota to it, but I want those ladies to be able to share their story and then also become that Amazon best-selling author because what that's gonna do for them is increase their confidence, increase their visibility, increase opportunities for them. They'll be able to leverage that anywhere. They can even have book signing tours, you know, all sorts of things once they become that best-selling author. So that's the project yeah. that's going on right now. I mean, that's quite exciting. We've, we spoke to um, a number of guests in the show and, you know, they've openly talked about the, the struggles that they've had uh, in trying to get books published, get book deals and everything mm -hmm. that goes along with that so i suppose if you um basically have the opportunity to write your you know your story in a chapter where you and you know uh, whatever that may be uh and mm -hmm. have that shared with the world with you know i suppose hundreds of thousands of people or however many um it will reach uh, is a very very powerful thing without having to do all mm -hmm. of the other work and then also having the the amazon right. bestseller piece as well behind you um again that's that's something which is quite quite interesting as well um i imagine you you absolutely have to limit places for this vicky because uh, it, mm -hmm. it will be something where you could probably get loads and loads of people reaching out yeah actually um i'm hoping to have around 50 ladies in it um and after that you know there'll be other books that people can participate in and i will probably open one up to guys because i've had a few of my friends say, well, great, thanks. I'm not allowed to participate. <laughs> Lady Husser, Phil McGrath. Huh? <laughs> now, that sounds worse than it actually should, because it, anyway, we'll come back to that. <laughs> I think anyone who's been listening to the show, Paul, has kind of got the context behind They'll that joke. realize the context. Yeah, yeah, cool. Hopefully. <laughs> so, I mean, for anyone who wants to get involved, Vicky, how can they go about doing that? Where can they get you? 
Yeah, it is actually on the services page on my website. So go to www.vickygould.com and I spell my name the funky way. It's V-I-C-K-I-E-G-O-U-L-D.com and click on the services tab on the um, left-hand side. There's some done for you services that I offer and one of them is the best-selling author and there's a little link there to find out more about the book. Excellent. We'll make sure to have all those in the show notes. Before I let you go, I have one question I always like to ask our guests that Paul gives out to me about, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, in terms of everything you've done over the last the last number of years and all the your great achievements that we've spoke about, is there one thing that you've learned now that you wish you knew when you started? Yeah. Um... It's kind of a toss up. It's kind of hard because I know that I wouldn't have been the person that I am now had I not gone through all the struggles. Mm -hmm. But I think I would have started earlier. I would have had more confidence to do this in my 20s instead of my 40s. Yeah, there you go. Simple as that. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, before I let you off the line, Vicky, where can our uh, audience reach out and get you if they want to send you a tweet or catch you on Facebook? Yeah. Um, same thing, Vicki Gould, if you just type that in Facebook, I do have a group. It's called It's Your Turn. Um, I have a business page that's of my name, uh, my website that we talked about. Twitter is Vicki underscore Gould, and LinkedIn is Vicki Gould. So Vicki Gould all over the place. <laughs> Nothing wrong with consistent branding. Absolutely not. Vicki, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you very much for taking the time to come on to the show, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been lots of fun. Thank you. Yes, so that was Vicky Gould from VickyGould.com. And as she said at the end of the show, Paul, it's Vicky Gould everywhere. Vicky Gould everywhere, absolutely. And, uh, you know, she's helping people break down barriers uh, and get rid of those limiting beliefs, which is excellent. Phil, do you have your why? Yeah, well, listen, this is something that's pumped up time and time again on the show. If you do not have a why, if there is not something that is actually dragging you, kicking and screaming out of the bed every morning to get going, well, you are going to struggle. I don't want to say you'll fail because that's not not true, but you will struggle when the tough days come and you can't get going. Without a proper why behind you, a reason to keep going, you are going to kind of chug along, slow, lethargic. With a, with a solid why behind you, you can push through absolutely anything, and I honestly believe that. I hear what you're saying, Phil. Life is not a game of Scrabble. You need a why. I get you. Let's <laughs> um, see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there you are. I'm on form. Paul's um, a Scrabble master. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I haven't played that in years. But I mean, there was loads of stuff from Vicky in there. Obviously, journaling, Paul, is something you guys spoke about, not something I've done. And I have to be completely honest, as I said in the show, limiting beliefs are not something i struggle with yeah, yeah you've never had that problem no i'm probably the opposite where i've been called a know-it-all um because i am so confident in what i know and what i do um yeah. but certainly i can understand because they're cocky i don't, don't believe it no, i know right? i know i know but listen um, that's not to say i can't empathize with people who do and i certainly understand it whilst i haven't experienced it but there was plenty in there paul there certainly was and look everything that she was saying you know some might listen to that and think it sounds obvious, but you know that's what you have to do, and that's how you get past things, you know. And well, it's only obvious if you know the answers. Sorry, it's only obvious if you know the answers. Well, yeah, and sometimes it's only obvious after you've actually went through the exercises yourself, you know. Uh, and I refer to it. Uh, Michael Hyatt has a, a signature program, best year ever. I remember doing it a couple of years ago, 
And um, I mean, one of the things in that was, you know, he's a very, very extensive exercise, but at the end of the day, it really came down to finding your why, you know? Um, and then, as I said, the one thing, um, now that book is pretty much focused on, you know, helping you find that one area of expertise or to do that one thing uh, and to, you know, excel. Uh, but then again, you know, the, you know, diarizing your day, having that journal um, is something which was, was in that and was really factored out being a key to success. And we see it again, Hal Elrod, Miracle Morning. He's all about journaling as, as part of his morning routine. Um, so ultimately, um, I kind of see that as something that people should should keep up. And I do keep um, a diary as such. Uh, and I agree with that. You, you don't want to edit. Uh, so that, that can be a, a trap people fall into because at the end of the day, that is never going to get published. Well, you know, it shouldn't. If it does, it would be a all round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but... I really liked what Vicky was saying about really examining those limiting beliefs and, and kind of trying to figure out where they came from that often while you think they may be as a result of something happened, you know, when you were 15, it could actually go back further to something that happened when you were eight, you know, I, I don't know, but something along those lines and, and really examining that. And then once you've kind of figured that out to really look at the statement and say, well, is this 100% true 100% of the time? And that's one thing I picked up from her. Those are her exact words. You know, yeah. is it 100% true 100% of the time? And if the answer is no, which let's be honest, the chances are it's going to be no, because I don't think you can be anything 100% of the time. But you can start to kind of see past that limiting limiting belief and see past um, those negative thoughts and, and try to start to move forward. Now, again, I know it's very easy for me to sit on this side of the microphone and, and tell you this, guys, but, you know, when you believe you can do it, you will do it. If you don't think you're going to get there, you will never get there. And maybe that's the way I am because if I go and do something, I'm 100%. I'm all in. I don't stop until I get to where I'm going. So if anything, take that from Vicky look at it analyze it is it 100 percent true chances are it's not going to be a try and i know again i'm saying try and move past it and move on and really examine what you want to do with your life where you want to be and the fact that vicky also recognizes paul i think was quite refreshing that you know she's she's a successful entrepreneur she said but she doesn't measure that in money she makes she's successful because she does what she wants to do on her own terms in her own time and I really love that. I think there's far too many people out there obsessed with the monetary value of the work they do instead of the value they're bringing to people and also the value they're getting from it themselves. If you get to do what you want to do every day, well, then you're winning. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, look, Vicky's a fan of travel and we didn't get into it, didn't speak about it, but I mean, she's set up a life where she can actually do a, a lot of traveling, uh, which suits her. Um, so I suppose one thing I will just add just before we wrap up is that if you do actually go through all those actions, you could end up having this like some really negative material on front of you, you know, all these, you know, reasons why you can't do anything, limiting beliefs there, you've got your diary if, you're, if things aren't going well. So the one thing I would absolutely recommend putting alongside that is, you know, is having a gratitude list or a thankful list. I'm actually writing down the things that are good in your life today, what's going on, you know, what are you happy? What are you thankful for? You know, and even if you're thinking of somebody you don't like, well, you know, there, there could be possibly some some characteristics that you do actually like about them. It might only be a fight or a disagreement you're having. So, um, you know, everything doesn't have to be negative that you write down, I suppose. That's probably the, what I'm trying to say there. And I don't want people to go and do all these exercises and then be like, oh, everything is shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
because it, <laughs> maybe that's why I'm so happy. Ignorance is bliss. Simply, <laughs> it's simply perspective, you know. It's what way yeah. to look on things. So, um, but yeah, you know, some sort of gratitude list uh, or thank you list uh, or you know, documents, I think, would help as well. Um, okay, I've done enough rambling, so I'm going to ramble off, uh, and I will uh, talk to you again soon phil yeah listen folks thank you very much for joining us if you want to get any of today's show notes you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 28 for all today's show notes so don't forget if you're uh, going through all these actionable steps and you kind of have a breakthrough feel free to drop vicky a tweet let her know that you've really started to put into practice the stuff she spoke about today and the impact it's having and certainly drop us a tweet as well we'd love to hear how you're getting on with the actionable advice we try and provide for you each and every week but until next time folks have a fantastic day a brilliant week and we'll chat to you soon